Hello everybody and welcome to episode 17 of Competitive Magic with the Carnies. I am Andrea Mengucci from Italy and joining me today we have Anthony Lee from Australia. Hola. And Javier Dominguez from Spain. Hello everyone. I have returned from a quick trip in Renton, Washington, where I went for my campaign against uh, the initiative creatures in Legacy, uh, as uh, it was explained in the last episode of the Carnies, which I couldn't be a part of. But this week I'm back, so the trio is back. We are officially here to talk about modern, pioneer, standard, legacy, and of course, the format of the people. Alchemy? But how are we doing? How are we doing uh, this weekend? Uh, what have you done? Uh, well, you'll be very surprised to learn that I played uh, two RCQs, so you know, back to the back to the usual. Um, so that was uh, that was okay, I guess. Um, most of the time, I report uh, good results, but this time, uh, not so much. Uh, the week, the, what, the, I did, I did, I didn't do very well. That's okay. You get some weekends uh, that are that are like that, I suppose. Uh, but it was also not great for other reasons, I suppose. Tell Other us. reasons you say? What uh, what what could these reasons be? Did you did you not eat uh, great food during the event? Uh, did well, you uh, uh, not um, I don't know sleeve your cards properly? What happened? <laughs> did you well, go to Sydney? Well, uh, uh, not eating proper food. I mean that 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 did happen before once, but uh, no, it was that uh, one one of my I had I had a disagreement with one of my opponents. You know, um, I thought that. Uh, I, I, I didn't agree. I didn't see eye to eye with them on uh, an ethical point, perhaps. Uh, the, the details are not important, of course. But I, th I did think it was something uh, to to talk about, maybe. Just that I, I think people have been talking a lot about this kind of issue in uh, in Magic recently, right? Like, well, not even recently. Just people like talking about that kind of thing. I think the the thing recently was the, what was it? Shieldred and Consider, was it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I think I think and people never seem to agree, which is probably why people have been talking for this for I don't know forever since I've been playing Magic. People talk about these things, and you know I don't I don't I don't think it's really that interesting. But what I do think is that whatever position you take on all of these issues, I think the number one thing that I want to tell competitive players is that I would encourage you to be consistent. So I think if you're in a spot where you have a decision about a trigger. Uh, you should either always say yes or always say no, no matter where you are or who you're playing against. And you're, or if you're in a spot where you know you might be expected to concede, always concede or never concede, uh, depending on whether you're ahead or behind, right? But as long, just make a rule and stick to it, and your whole life will be a lot easier, I think. <laughs> um, so pick a side but stick to it, and that's what I would suggest for competitive players, and it will make uh, this kind of uh, the, the difficult situations that can occasionally arise um, in tournament situations will be much easier to navigate, I think. I think what's important to count, though, it's the, the level of the event. So let's say if you're playing an RCQ with, uh, I don't know, $25 entry fee, then it's fine to not let your opponent miss a trigger. It's fine to just, you know, be more strict with the rules. Whereas if you're playing on an, you know, like, FNM for five euro or event like that, then be more relaxed. I think it's really important to understand your um, the level of the event you're competing in. That's always been one of my you know why also I've been doing very well at PTs and maybe less good on the uh, little lower side event because I was always like 
way more chill and relaxed and also again like let your opponent take back the play for example oh well you know i think it's that, that can be good um and obviously the rules account for that as well so if you just follow the rules the rules are designed to account for different levels of events but i think it's important to set expectations because a lot of the time you'll see the same people at these events and if you've uh, given them an expectation based on events like friday night magic that they will get to take back things or uh you know uh, get get back their triggers and then you go against that expectation in an event uh, i think that can create a very negative experience for them whereas if they knew going in that that was not going to happen it's a lot less frustrating uh when it doesn't happen in the event so uh yeah i think i think we don't agree on that maybe <laughs> what, what does yeah. Avi think it- for me, it's also like about people. Like, actually, like I understand where you guys coming from, but I'm not sure. Like, for me, it's it's also like we're people playing. It's like humans or whatever. Like, I don't see myself behaving exactly the same if I'm playing like a friend or someone that I don't know, even like if in a PT level or whatever. You know, like, of course, there's limits, but I'm not be. I'm, I'm, I think. I mean, I've never been involved in many of these situations, but I can see myself behaving differently if I like know the person you know like he's a friend of mine i will probably be more like flexible i'm sure i I will be way more flexible in terms of like triggers or whatever like i will probably just i'm never gonna miss a shoulder trigger against javier if we play at this pt yeah exactly you will probably never miss one you know (laughs) so yeah i don't know maybe i'm a little bit too emotional on that side of things but i yeah you're a big softy you know i think you can you can approach these kind of things differently like you can just be the anthony way but also don't feel bad by any means if you're like you know acting differently because someone you like a lot is playing in you and you're like you know just put the the clue on the tracker or whatever you know you play the land you put the, you put the clue to them you're not there waiting or whatever you can, you can also do that with all the opponents i when i sit down and play i just you know i'm not trying to think about how my trigger rules are going to be or whatever but i mean i see the volume of being like just consistent as anthony says but also you know you can just be yourself and just just judge the situation you know with uh, not only not only following a rule but also with the heart you know like you, you, how you feel about the situation by itself reasonable i believe it was someone between i think it was shui nakamura but it might have been somebody else who uh, said something like i've this this gp i stopped the three opponents from drawing before paying for the pact but i couldn't stop the fourth one something like that <laughs> I, I don't know if Na- i don't know if it was nakamura but i don't know if kenji samura was famous for doing that um, oh, I guess it was Kenji Sumor. I'm sorry, classic. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't. He yeah. he wouldn't. I'm sure he wouldn't have talked by him doing it. But I know he did it. So it could have been Shuhei as well. You know, it's very possible. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I think another topic that uh, you know I think was interesting from your events was the uh, when to concede uh, during an event where the draw it's like both for both players. Right. So I remember. Um, I think it's it has a lot to do like not necess- I think it was. Um, I saw once at a GP happening and it really helped me understanding because once the draw happens, it doesn't necessarily matter if, um, you know, you are winning or you're losing. It matters if like, uh, let's say, um, you just, if you want to concede or, you know, you you stick your gun and you want to win, it, it really depends on like, uh, maybe the way you played, the way your opponent played. If your opponent like slow played to get to the draw, to then get the get get the win, that mm-hmm. sometimes happened to me, and I remember never giving the win in that spot. Or if my opponent actually like 
you know, played well, played fast, and was going to win the match, then I would concede. You know, something like this, I think it's important. It doesn't always have to be black and white, like you said. Well, I think, I mean, it is black and white. It's just that it's more complex than a yes or a no. What, what I was saying is that you have to have these rules in mind. So, I mean, you know what you're going to do, right? Like I'm saying that you know that if they played quickly and were going to win, that you would concede. And I'm saying if that was the case, in every, in every case where they played fast and were going to win, that you would concede no matter the result. So no matter how good or bad a draw, win or loss was for you, that you would concede if they played fast and were going to win. That's what I mean by black and white. Not that it's just always yes or always no, but it's always yes or always no depending on the conditions. It's also important to, like, you have to understand if the draw actually is bad for both. Because, for example, I remember hmm. Straski conceding to Nassif at the regional championship in Europe, but I think a draw for Straski, like, wasn't that bad. They were, like, the event wasn't over after that round. So, yes. like, a draw obviously will but, help but... your, your points. Yes, but I'm saying that's a that, different uh, situation, though. That that's a different like yeah. it's not no, no. they went to time. It's a different situation. Exactly, like, exactly. So I'm saying, about, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, should maybe exactly. maybe explain the situation so the listeners know because they might not be aware. Uh, like, I don't exactly like, like remember what happened the was like something. Yeah, like something like I think Nasif accidentally cast the Omnath without no Straski uh, cast an Omnath Cohen cast. Oh, and yes, they yes. noticed like too late or something like that. You know, like he just decided it was, you know, a good thing to do and he just went with it. Like, I don't think it's a different, the same situation. Like if you, you're like, you know, late in a tournament and you naturally come to a time and, you know, this, this Antonio situation has happened. I think it's a different thing. But by the way, yeah. Strasky followed his ethics and that's, that's I think that's really good. I think, I think that's, that's what we're saying. A, yeah. Like it yeah. shouldn't be about... If you follow your ethics, you're yeah. good. Follow, follow your ethics and don't like it, make your decision based on principles and not about the result, I think. Like, don't think about material consequences. Just make a decision based on your principles. And it'll be... I, th I think people respect that, and that's kind of important in a game like Magic that is very community-oriented. Like, someone like Strasky being willing to do that is, I think, uh, important and the kind of characteristic you need to, well, get to the level that, that Strasky has, I think. For sure. All right. Uh, what, what about you, Javier? How did your weekend go? Uh, last week, you said uh, that uh, you are going to play the standard showcase. How did that event go? Well, my weekend was, was actually great. I had a great time because there was this, um, the Grand Qualifier in Barcelona. So I had a lot of friends coming here. It was, um, you know, maybe I'm getting older, but the fact that I had just friends in, at home, just chilling there was like, a, it gave me a lot of joy. And I was just trying to make them feel comfortable and just, you know, everyone having a good time. That was, uh, that was very good. And the tournament itself, it was not great. I went, uh, I think, 2-3. Uh, you know, I, I went 2-1, so I lost. If I had won the last one, maybe I would be able to top it. Probably not, though. But I actually played a lot of cool and close games. Uh, I played Grixis. I specifically lost a cool mirror match against Nassif in round four, where we both, like, it went for, like, super long game. Uh, I think he uploaded it to his channel. So if you're interested, you can check those. I, I haven't seen it yet. I probably made some mistakes. It's very easy to make mistakes in this kind of events. But yeah, I mean, it was a good one. I also played the Arena Qualifier when I won 0-2. And I played the Legacy. And <laughs> this is fun. Uh, I played the Legacy side event in a, in a tournament where I got knocked by Cephalic Breakfast in a Cephalic Breakfast mirror match. Making it like the second week in a row. Yeah, in paper. Making it the second week yeah. in a row. I get knocked by this deck. It's, oh, yeah. it's the, not the funny. Cephalid's, <laughs> justice. The Cephalid's doing so well. Yeah. Like, 
It was two in the top eight of four seasons. It was in the Eternal Weekend paper in uh, in America in the top eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> part of me is happy, but like I, I just yeah lost. Yeah, the, yeah, I, yeah. I played the mirror match, and I just lost the mirror match. It was a little bit. One thing about these side events, though, I didn't like something, and I, it actually made me feel like when I sit down to play, I was not in a good mood. Like I probably was seen like less happy than I'm usually when I'm playing Legacy because you know when I'm playing Legacy events, I'm just like you know yeah you playing Legacy. This time I I didn't get there too too much too too much time before, so it was a like fifty bucks tournament and it was like no deck lists for like a, it was like fifty people or so. Uh, it was no deck list. I didn't like that. I understand like you know some people might like not having to write a deck list, but as someone that. Everyone knows there what I'm playing. I don't know. It just I didn't like the feeling of playing a 50 euro tournament where I feel like so unsafe. I was only like one judge for the whole event or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, the, the fact that we didn't have the list is like they know what I'm playing. They they, they they know they see in the app they're playing against me. I don't know. I didn't like the feeling that not having that list in the tournament. That's like you know playing like somewhat stakes, like decent stakes or whatever. I didn't like that feeling, and it definitely affected my mood a little bit when I sat down on playing. Maybe I guess because I like to feel that this kind of like deck list plus judge protection when I'm playing Magic for like, you know, events like that. But, yeah, I mean, that was something I didn't like about the tournament. But what, other than that, what was I mean, the tournament just structure? Crushed. What was the tournament uh, Just normal series, whatever. Like, I, I didn't how see many, in the prices. How many rounds? Four? Six rounds. It was a normal series oh, on top eight. Oh, six rounds. Okay. Yeah. And you, get, and, you get prize, and you get prize world ticks based on your wins or top eight? No, no. It was like prize pool. Like, for, it was 40 per 50, like, each player had 40 to the pool so the topic will got the pool distributed or whatever so the prices were good like it was a decent sized event I don't know I don't know how much it was for first but it was I understand I understand I mean the rules I felt like you know it wasn't good as an expert uh, as an expert side event players at these uh, GP level events I want (laughs) to say that uh, often these events are called uh, double like double up or things like that they used to cost like 25 euros in the past I remember in Bologna last last uh, last week uh, last summer I went to play these events and there were like four rounds of Swiss twenty five euros no deck list yeah well and I did the same in the, sorry yeah uh, I I did the same in Star City game and I just couldn't care about the deck list I wasn't even thinking about it but I think the difference between twenty five and fifty is is a lot no, and Megu, Megu, I understand your point it's fine you said you said they're called double ups and the entry fee doubled from twenty five to fifty that's <laughs> just how the event works it's that's why it's called double up what you you know it makes sense to me. <laughs> there was a quadruple up though because huh? the, the the double up usually were already doubled <laughs> well yeah it's great i mean well, then next year will be a hundred and you know no one can complain because that's what they said was going to happen <laughs> but uh yes yeah yeah so that was the feeling i was like yeah i mean you know there's like this somewhat big tournament in barcelona of legacy it was like mm-hmm. you know let's let's go for it and i just i know it definitely affected my mood a lot well, maybe you know, my opponents were all friendly or whatever but I just didn't like this feeling of like, you know, we're just playing like no list of motion judges or whatever. Uh, that was not not very, you know. I also then started playing and obviously like ran bad, played bad or whatever. But it was not a very great thing, even though like so playing playing the match against the it was really fun because I was just, I mean, it's also like a, a person I've played a lot in Barcelona. It was mostly locals in the tournament, right? And he was like Tundra, Ponder, Fetchland. 
uh, and then turn three, I'm tapped out, and he was like, hey, hey, we're playing the same, and goes combo me off with partial will. I know, I felt like, <laughs> because he knew I was playing Cephalic, but I thought he was playing control. Oh, dear. And sadly, he was like, he, he knew I didn't know. So he went like, yep, I'm playing your deck, and you're dead. <laughs> it was fun. Um... I feel like this always happens, though. Like, at this point, I'm so used to my opponent always know what I'm playing, and I never know what they're playing. <laughs> And yeah, it's, yeah, definitely. It's a bad feeling, but I live with it. Like well, it's every not time really... I stream, every time I go to an event, and things like that. That's not really what Javier was talking about, though. Like he was talking about the no, fact no, that no, I know that that his opponents knowing allowed them would allow them to exploit it with the lack of decklist potentially, which I think kind of points to the fact that you know rules are, I mean, rules enforcement is just a very important part of the tournament experience in general, and I guess. Uh, it's something for tournament organizers to to take note of, I suppose, that uh, your players can feel more uncomfortable than you might expect uh, yeah. when you take away yeah. or cut or skimp on cut corners, this sort of thing, you know? Um, it's not yeah, something it's not that you can understand. Yeah, it's not that much. Yeah. Of a, has, like, collecting 50 list, I mean, it has to be done, but it's not like, you know, you can even tell the players to bring them, the list to the... The actual judge station or whatever it's not yeah. like you know a huge thing figure it 50 out bucks you know, tournaments. Make it i don't know yeah like yeah. i mean i don't know it was maybe like 1k or 2k to the top you know maybe 2k that's like the old gps you know like it's not it wasn't i don't know i think the i think the like, players will understand you know? if you're like even like if you if you give back like most of the i mean i assume it sounds like they redistributed you know most of the fee or whatever but you know if you just if every if you had thought of it as everyone chipping in one euro for one more judge to be able to take care of all of that stuff you know, I mean, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that we'll like, happy I think it's a good trade-off. <laughs> I think what I think is that, I mean, this is great. Like giving feedback to the organizers for things like this is good because I wouldn't even, I probably wouldn't even think about it. Like if you tell me it's free deck list, I'm like, all right, cool. I don't have to write the deck list. I don't think <laughs> the opposite, but I understand that some people think the opposite and it's totally fine. I usually don't really expect people to go to a you know, an event like this with tons of GPs and, and cheat because that's what they're doing, right? They would cheat. But I understand your point and it makes sense and it's good that you raised it. Maybe like a legacy organizer or a legacy mm. judge, I'm sure that uh, will maybe listen to this podcast and will tell them to the next event. So I think it's a good, I think it's a good thing we did here. Yeah, but overall it was a good weekend though. Uh, don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. It was a great weekend. I had like you know like a great experience. Just I was not playing the main event because of the mocks, but I just you know preparing the tournament with them the before. You know, it was like all the friends in my home, home just discussing the decklist. It was like I almost played the tournament. You know what I mean? I didn't play the tournament itself, but I was there with them. And also like you know, on Sunday I was around meeting friends, eating with other friends. It was good. Yeah, I had a great weekend. What about you, <laughs> Mango? <laughs> What about me? Yeah, so uh, other than uh, going to Renton for the legacy thing, that was obviously a joke. I what? actually went on holiday um, with my girlfriend. It's been so long since I've been on a vacation uh, with my girlfriend, not magic related. So hmm. it was good. We did a lot of tourism in New York City, a lot of great food, a lot of great places to to view. New York is a city that you probably can stay like one month and always have things to do. And it was pretty, pretty nice. Like definitely recommend to go there with... Uh, with your loved one and just uh, do tourist stuff. There's there's really a lot to do. I okay, also okay. I also got to meet Kalk in real life. Kalk, Kalk. Yeah, that was. That was I have a question though. Awesome. So, so we can blame you to the fact that the initiative is not banned yet, right? That means you failed your mission. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. We can on you. So if you, if you ever complain about initiatives, you can also complain to Mango. Thanks Please for, for, for telling can, us the truth. You can tag me at Mango09 for any exactly. uh, legacy <laughs> ban list requ request that will forward to Wizards. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, but also, since you mentioned New York, I guess it's worth noting because maybe there are other people in the world who are like me and don't fully understand the geography of the United States. But I only found out very recently that, you know, uh, being on the way to Pro Tour Philadelphia or, you know, for anyone in the world going to MagicCon Philadelphia, whether it's for the Pro Tour or not, that you can visit New York on the way. I didn't even know that, you know? So <laughs> if you're not from America, you can take up Mangu's advice and visit New York on the way there. Uh, it probably sounded ridiculous to Americans, but, you know. <laughs> we, yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, I was with, uh, with 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 my friend Zen Zenny, the other uh, the last member of the Carnies and Annie's girlfriend, and uh, we had an Airbnb in the north part of Manhattan. Uh, it was nice. The, the The transports are great, and yeah, so really, awesome. really, really good. Great week. We also had a very nice weather, whereas now it's like snowing, I believe. Whereas with us, it was just sunny <laughs> most of the time. So. Wait, wait, is snowing good or bad? Luck. No, what are you saying? I don't understand. Is is that is snowy good weather or bad weather? I think it's bad weather, yeah. Really? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I think so. Yeah. I think I think it's pretty cool. Come on, we're Mediterraneans. We we see snow like you know once every twenty years. We're used to like sun and warm, Anthony. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's way too cold right now too. It's pretty cool. All right, anyway. let's talk business. Okay. We had plenty of uh, of uh, of talk, but now let's yep. let's get into the Carnies competitive magic talk, starting with modern, of course. So the LMS in Barcelona had. I believe around 550 players, which is obviously a huge event uh, these days. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting to note that uh, the metagame breakdown on day one had Merktide Regent. Is it Merktide as the most played deck? Surprise. Which uh, in increased in day two. So the, the conversion rate of Merktide was very high. Oh, that's um, actually a surprise. Rakdos Cam, Azores Ammer, five color creativity, four color rhinos for color uh, omnath all decks that we are uh, kind of known of and yeah the, the day two conversion was 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 excellent of uh, creativity which went from five percent to to eleven percent so i believe that uh finally enough the number one two three of day two were in fact merktide creativity and armor which are my one two three in the uh power ranking so yeah uh, modern kind of stable at this point at the top but uh, uh, there were some 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 new decks uh, in the top eight as well uh, mostly uh, mostly Apollo uh, Casero playing a Jeskai Stoneblade deck which is basically uh, oh. the the first month of Modern Horizons 2 uh, if you remember that <laughs> format had uh, Ragavan and Stoneforge Mystic together uh, what, what do you guys think about this deck well i mean i i think it happens a lot like decks like these get played and then a better version of them arises namely like Murtide but it doesn't mean the deck was like super bad you know like it, there's surely some matchups where where the Stoneforge Mystic is uh, actually better probably decks like Rhinos which by the way I want to say Mango was all right like uh, right and we were wrong because Arkan Proxy won the tournament in Barcelona did you know that? <laughs> oh wow the, yeah, it was one copy in the Rhinos so Rhinos won the event and Rhinos playing one Arcan Proxy, like the, the player, Christian, said like he will replace it, but it doesn't change the fact that the tournament was won by Arcane yes, Proxy. Yes, it does. So it completely this changes it. What do you say? You can't no, just say it doesn't. One second, believe Anthony. Results, and results say it won the tournament, ah. so well done, Mengu. You were right. We were wrong. One second, Anthony. 
The winner of Four Seasons, which also was playing Rhinos, a Kimmer version, didn't play Arcane Proxy and said he wished he played Arcane Proxy. Oh my god. Uh, well, <laughs> but he didn't... He, all right, well, okay, well then if we have it obvious way, then he won without it, so, you know, it... it I know, it's one for oh, one. But he won in Barcelona, and Barcelona was later, so it counts more. Oh, so yeah, exactly. you have a winner exactly. here, Arcane Proxy, and therefore Mango is the winner. Yeah, next time, if Mango says a card is ba good, and we both say it's bad... I will listen to Mango. You're going to lose a lot. <laughs> all right, all right. It, uh, so yeah, Rhinos, great deck, very good, very good. And the deck that did very well at two was uh, Zoo. There was a lot of Zoo in uh, in day two. It was the fourth most popular deck. It made the top eight with a very weird list with uh, uh, three copies of uh, Generals, Ferris of Rokrik, the, the three one that makes four, four golems, and two copies of a very old card, Gaste of Saint Draft. Ooh. Yeah, when you said General Ferris Rokirik, I was like, is that the weirdest 3-drop in this deck? I don't think so. It gets even wilder. Um, yeah, no, I know. Wow, I know. like Geist of Saint yeah, Just Yeah, there's two versions of Zoo. One is the, the one that top hated, and one is the one that you can find in, in, the, in the top 16. There's two of them, actually three of them, wow, uh, with which is the more stock version, which is with Wanda Carol and uh, um, Nishoba Brawler. Um, yeah, I believe that uh, a deck like this can, like, very sweet, like very quick. Like you really just go two mana five fives, and then you just trouble flames, trouble flames, and the game is over. It's 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 actually good. It's and this weekend showed it. Why why is this deck good now? Like did something change, or was something like was this deck good all along and it was just discovered? Like um, what? Well, I I've been I've been placing this deck in the top fifteen of my modern power rankings for months and now, so I would say that it's been around for a while. Okay, and, sure, but yeah. I mean, top fifteen is not very generous, right, compared to what what it's doing well, now. So something changed, right? Well, modern modern is a very very large, like you know, a lot of decks are in the modern. So like top fifteen doesn't mean that the deck is bad, uh, I think. And uh, your experience with the deck can definitely think the uh, you know change the the power ranking a lot. I think. Really? So, yeah. When I when I say when I do the power rankings, I always mention that my top fifteen, top twenty doesn't necessarily mean that your deck sucks if it's fifteenth. And this is like uh, this is like, like modern. It's really like this. Like that's why you have like thirty decks uh, in, well, in in day two or whatever. I mean, our, our understanding was generally that you know the, the it's it's certainly true that your deck could be in the top fifteen and not necessarily be bad. But that it tends to become good based on the metagame positioning more than you know your particular experience with the deck, right? Which is why my instinct is to think that something changed in order to make Zoo well positioned, rather than that it's... there are just dedicated pilots who are able to make Zoo win at the win rate of previously much better decks. The um, problem with modern is that you can metagame as much as you want, but you are most likely going to play against thirteen different decks in fifteen rounds, so. It's it's really like that, and every event that happens shows eight different decks in the top eight. You know, maybe seven, but it's it's really like that. I feel. Do you agree, Javier? Javier, with this reading? Well, format? I think so. I think there's some things. Uh, first, one good tournament doesn't mean that deck was like suddenly good. But one thing I think is worth nothing that's not obvious is that the three players that actually made like sort of six. I mean, it was seventeen, um, fifteen, and eleven. Uh, their deck list seems to be like remarkably close. Like they pretty much play the same seventy-five. Uh -huh. Like they play like one command over remand and, and the other like two on one and they swap. So I will not be surprised if this group of players actually work together and they just simply found a very good combination, uh, like a very good like configuration of the deck. Huh. 
Yeah, like, so if, I think if I, next, if I can interfere, yeah. yeah, if I can interfere here, this is exactly the list that I have uh, streamed with and made a lot of videos with. So, so you, you think know. you think this one is much better than the one on the topic because I, I don't because no, the topic one is different, you know, like yeah, it's like, like a yes. it it will play like a different it's, deck. So it's like uh, Sue, but maybe one of them. There's two different decks, and maybe one is good and the other's not. Yeah. You know, like like because the the one in the top it is like a different archetype. Like it just plays eight more spells and it's definitely trying to go like uh, gazed attacks for four and then just burn yes. opponents out. Yeah, it's playing, um, 12, it's playing yeah. Lightning Elix instead of like Dromacus Command or Stubborn Denial. I understand. I understand. It's it's. I think Stumble Denial is very good against the combo deck, so I'm not surprised if this deck is bad against uh, Creativity or Amulet, whereas if you play Stubborn Denial and Remand, you're slightly better in that matchup. But maybe this deck is better against uh, Murktide because it has card like Gaze of Saint Draft, which, you know, resolves and then you kill a blocker and this card just kills into attacks or even one sometimes if you have... I think it's deeper so, than that though. I think it's deeper mm -hmm. because it doesn't even play like the initial, like it just plays the like, eight cascades, cascade cards. Like I think this is yeah. more like designed to be like sort of a burn deck-ish, yeah. if you want to call it. And I think this one actually might be like, you know, a better direction against, you know, against the, like I think the metagame didn't expect uh, that much decks like Hammer and such. Like against decks that are based on killing your creatures, this version is probably better than the, the other one. Like the stock one, which are the, the, like the other players, uh, you know, like the kind of spells one. I don't know if that's something that's happening here. Actually, that kind of makes sense because, yeah, like burn decks are good because it's hard to interact with burn spells. And this player has 12 burn spells. And then a lot of the creatures are hard to interact with profitably, like whether because they generate immediate value or they actually have some form of untargetability. So. Yeah, also, Shadow's yeah. Agent is here like a burn spell. Almost, yeah. You know, like this player's Shadow's yeah. Agent into a burn spell. Like. That, like that would make sense to me, burning yeah. people. Hmm. I don't know. I honestly remember playing this deck, trying this deck, and didn't like it. Whereas I do, I did like the the other zoo deck. Uh, but again, um, a lot has to do with uh, how you're familiar with the deck and, and things like that. A thing um, yeah. I wanted to mention also is um, the creativity decks. I'm checking out uh, the one that uh, uh, did well with, and one of them was playing four copies of Bitter Reunion. That is a new card, exclamation mark, new card. <laughs> uh, one in a red, it's basically a tormented voice, but you can pay a colorless and it gives sacrifice and gives haste to your creatures, which is pretty good in a deck with Archon of Cruelty and Reflection of Kiki Jiki. And uh, I think this card is a lot to explore. I'm definitely going to explore it further this week. What do you think about uh, the addition of Bitter Revolution in this deck? Bitter Reunion, sorry. Well, the thing is, this card is very good. Another key difference between this and Tormented Voice or Cadactic Reunion is it is not a cost to discard the card. Mm, so huge. you play it, and they kind of have to counterspell it. You know, like, you, you oh, don't okay. get any advantage. Right, yeah, right, I think right. this card is one of the best cards in the the new set, actually. it's I, I've, For sure. I have seen this card, like, in a Standard well a lot, uh, in addition to Modern. Like, I think this card is just simply very good. Tormented Voice plus Haste. Well, I mean, it's a free Haste. You know, and free Haste is... Often easy to yeah, make. Like, it's, it's sort of like stable. a yeah. extra fraction of a card, right? Like Tormenting exactly. Voice is card neutral, yeah. but this is like a little bit extra. Yeah, like if you give haste to a Fable of the Kiki Yiki, like, ref sorry, Reflection of the Kiki Yiki, that's very easy going to translate into an extra card, right? And it's yeah. only one mana. So it, I just think this card is just good. Like we're going to see this card a lot and we're going to see it in standard. I, I think it's a good card. And therefore, also good here because it has synergies or whatever. Think of it as like a small Fable. It's like a worse Fable, of course. But it's mm -hmm. the same concept as Fable, where it just gives you card selection and then gives you an effect. 
then again, Wars and Fable, but like the same kind of concept, I think. I can, I can buy that. Yeah, a lot of uh, different creativity versions still. It's so cool that uh, players haven't decided whether they want to be uh, just four color with persistent brand or adding uh, white for Leyline Binding and Teferi. Uh, you know, now there's also the uh, question whether you want to play Bitter Reunion or not. I'm still surprised that nobody's playing Abundant uh, Growth in the sideboard, which I think it's just very good in this deck because Blood Moon is a very much played card in both days, Rakdos, Cam and Merkta were the two most played decks. So yeah, I want to play Creativity, but I'm going to find space for four Abundant Growth in my sideboard. Yeah, I agree. For what it's, I mean, I, this is probably just echoing Mango because I like Abundant Growth because, because Mango has talked me into it so it's probably shouldn't come in, ma- come in ma- much for sure but i agree with mango like i think the card's good of course influenced by mango but i also think it's good when i played it it was like wow this card's great it it dodges blood moon while not costing me a card which makes it like better than than other stuff interesting yeah yeah uh, right yeah yeah there was also another uh, event, another paper event, a large paper event happening this weekend, all on the other the other continent in um, in America. It was the NRG series, um, under seventy three players, so still a very large one. And uh, the winner was uh, in Swiss and also in the tournament was five color elementals with. Uh, yeah, just uh, elementals for ephemerate. You have Flamkin Arbinger, the one that puts on top the elemental. Just really old. We were speaking about the uh, JSK Stoneblade. Also, this deck uh, was basically found out in the first months of Modern Horizons 2. And uh, I guess this one has new cards in the form of Leyline Binding. But yeah, I mean, pretty cool. What do you, what do you guys think? <laughs> it is. It is no. pretty cool. I, well, I do think yeah. Mining is not a small upgrade, though. Like, I, I think kind of Binding. Binding makes a whole big difference. Like binding yeah. is a great removal spell. Like for one mana killer permanent. Like I, I'm, I'm not sure this uh, this deck will be just very good. Like these decks never have like this efficient removal spells, and now they do. They had to play prismatic ending, but it doesn't deal with stuff like Mortal Regent. But binding deals with everything. So there there might be like a deck like this, or maybe other decks that are just like now suddenly just great because of binding that we haven't explored yet. I, mean, I, I could see that okay. happening. Now that's a pattern that I can actually get behind because I I didn't really buy it when Mangu said yeah these guys are just you know they they have experience with Zul or whatever or with whatever deck but the idea that there's a new card that because it fundamentally changes modern by adding uh, another type of interaction to it now I can believe that changes things and that's why we haven't seen this deck before so decks like that uh that Zoo deck or like Stoneforge the Stoneforge deck the Stoneblade deck that's you know that 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 strategy fundamentally needs good interaction to work and that interaction didn't really exist before and now does and it's taken you know some time since the printing of leyline binding to figure out now that i can yeah i can i can definitely believe that as the reason why these decks are now emerging uh elementals i don't know about um but this yeah. this Zoo, this, this deck i think is very good against Merktide, which is a great place to be you play four cavern of souls you play super annoying cards like force of resurgence solitude um, yeah, and Sato Mariner also can't be that bad. I mean, that's two, two mana removal, but you know, you play four Ephemerate, so you can you can play around it. I believe that uh, it's a pretty great place to be to playing uh, a deck that's good against Merktide, which not that many decks can, can can say that. I think. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's also similar to Merktide, so in terms of like the yeah. metagame positioning, so you know, the version of Merktide that beats Merktide, good spot. Uh, 
Last week, you've talked a lot about the stone brain in Eldrazi Tron. Do you remember? Yeah. And uh, this week, uh, we have uh, Amin Ebadi, who made top eight. Actually, let me see how did they finish. Yeah, they just lost in the quarterfinals uh, with Coralus Tron, which is a controlled version of the deck. So it's playing four spells, guide. Um, mm-hmm. And they're playing three Stormbrain main, one Stormbrain in the sideboard. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's 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 that illogical. makes sense actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think what what this player's trying to do is block people under breach with Stormbrain. Like often decks have like one answer max two to the breach. Like you you, you name the Ottawar, I guess, with the Stormbrain, and you will just knock out many like bullet players. Or straight with a bridge. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and I think that's what they're needle. trying to do here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I think spyglass for Otawara. Yeah, maybe a spyglass Otawara, and then uh, uh, they name the Berzen Borrower, and the game is over. Right. Almost kind of makes also sense. Also, with yeah. Like... Fair, yeah, three copies of Mementor's Fair put you out of bold range pretty easy. Also, uh, challenge wow. like I will not, I will hate to play against this deck being blue red. Honestly, yeah. Wow. So, like, it's just uh, like, Last uh, last week, I remember you were saying something about uh, Drazi Tron against Merktide with cards like, you know, Chalice of the Void being very good and etc. Chalice of the Void has been historically good, but since uh, Merktide added three to four copies of Ledger Shredder, it really is the uh, the fact that you can get rid of your cards while having a large um, flyer yeah. that can also find your cyber cards. Like now you have Brothers Who End, for example, which I'm sure is going to be uh, fantastic against uh, this deck in particular. I was playing one copy in my deck, my cyber. Sometimes I say two. So uh, there are cards that make Blue Red Merktide. I think still not that unhappy to play against this deck. Like this deck still doesn't have that many answers to uh, uh, Ragavan. So if I go turn one Ragavan, you really just have like Walking Ballista or hope to block it with Spell's Guide and. Uh, Ragavan can well, snowball I mean, very easily, so I believe the matchup isn't uh, you know as clear, but yeah, but definitely like Stormbrain naming Creativity or naming uh, uh, Primeval Titan is huge. Well, I don't think Merktide is ever going to be like horrible against anything. Like it's not really yeah. the point of any of these decks. It's the, the problems with Merktide is when it starts to become like slightly unfavored against too many decks. But yeah, I wouldn't expect anything to just obliterate Merktide really. For sure, for sure. Merktide uh, also, mm, I think, made the final here. Um, oh, actually, no. Ross Mabra made the final with Jeskai Breach, a very good pilot on this deck, uh, definitely master of the deck, which uh, I think has seen a little bit of a downtrend since uh, the the peak that was maybe uh, one or two months ago. Uh, but, you know, still a very good deck. What tier, you know would, what, what tier would you say it is? A great choice. What tier would you say Jeskai Breach? What tier would you say that Jeskai Breach is if you had to give it a tier? <sighs> I mean, I'm going to stick to my uh, most recent power ranking. I put it in the highest tier wow. at the fifth place. Wow. Nice. Okay. So okay. Still, still the barely, barely the highest tier. Who knows if it's going to keep it for next uh, next month. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We await with bated breath. Yeah. So uh, to round it up uh, uh, quickly, I want to say that uh, there were also the Magical Line challenges. No... Strong news here. There are uh, bitter reunion decks that I am very excited to try out this week. Uh, yeah, lots of Merktide, a couple of Zoo decks in one of the top eight. I believe both lists are the stock one with four Stubborn Denial, two Rem, and one Dromacus Command. So still the 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 other one. But you know, it's interesting to see if uh, players will pick up the the other the other version of it. Shell- and one Tron. There's always one Tron around. 
There is you always one monogrange Tron. Yeah, yeah, and it's <laughs> well, not. It's Tron. Uh, it's either a Rust Tron or Control Tron or Ring Tron, but there's a Tron. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not Batista though. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Shall we move to Pioneer? What do you guys think? Yeah. Sure. Okay, Pioneer. Pioneer has seen a couple of events in paper as well, one of them being the second uh, regional championship in Canada. Canada is the most beloved country by Wizards of the Coast that not what? only got one regional championship for a country, but got two. So well, you've seen the... I don't know if that's representing it correctly. I mean, it's not like Wizards gave them to RCs. It's that they, the, the people who are organizing... The, who, the people who have been given responsibility for the regional championship in Canada have chosen to run uh, two. I mean, it's not, it's not that they're favored by Wizards or anything. That's, that's not a reasonable representation, but go on. It's not, it's not Wizards' fault, but no. uh, okay, okay. Wizards decided to wash their hands uh, very cleanly here. Good, good, good. Uh, we have uh, a winner that is, uh, I believe, Anthony, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Monogreen Devotion? What, what, what are you asking me? Sorry. I, Did Winnebush win or no? No, I think Rakdos what? won. Rakdos won once again. Man, Rakdos yeah. won like every championship feels like. <laughs> uh, that might be yeah. So one Australia, Taiwan, Canada. Was it? Did it win the previous mm. Canadian one? No, actually, no, no. no Canada won was Monogreen in the final. Yeah, Rakdos. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. Ooh, Esper Griesfang in the final. Did you see it? <laughs> I did. That one, that one really took me by surprise. Yeah. Uh, New Supreme Verdict. Wow, this this deck list is wild. It's gonna get a lot better when they when they eventually make the Fastlands, um, <laughs> which you know they'll do at some point, probably soon. So yeah, there is a soaring Vengeful Bloodlord. I remember hating this card in Standard. It was super weak, but look at this. Well, I mean, there's four much better targets now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, what do Sorry, I don't I don't understand. I mean, you He's just reanimate a creature, right? Yeah, you just reanimate so your Grease Fang. Reanimate the Grease Fang. But it's also actually mana, relevant yeah. that it gives you a Parhelion lifelink because sometimes just reanimating ah. Parhelion once isn't enough. But if it has wow. lifelink, then you know you, you you're probably good. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Elves and elves, elves also like yeah. actual elves like yeah. good all you know thirty three elves eight like company cords and, and lands. And that's it. <laughs> like they. they they just got to the top eight, and I mean, this these eight cards are probably decent against Ragdos. Like traditionally, these elf decks are weak against Ragdos, but I could see this being decent. Like company always good, and you know, I guess the elves are good enough. Like the new Lord is definitely strong against uh, a player trying to go with removal against you. What do mm -hmm. you think? I I, I don't know. Like, it like it, yeah, it wasn't. I mean, th there's a limit on how good these creature decks can be how good they can be against black red but it's not nearly as bad as you would imagine because like collected company is of course very strong uh elves has like a bunch of good starts as well specifically with mana dogs and the leaf ground visionary but it's not that easy for black red to catch up and in the sideboard um shaper sanctuary is really a, quite quite a nightmare for black red and i think black red has cut a lot of the cards that tend to make uh you know a lot of the, at some point they were playing cards like witch's vengeance which is obviously the worst thing ever if you're playing a tribal deck, but you don't really. Oh, Hidetsugu consumes all is also uh, often kind of rough, but no one plays those cards anymore. So, uh, or Kalitas, yeah, Kalitas as well. Like, yeah, I'd before. much rather fight a Shieldred than a Kalitas with this deck, right? So, yeah, I, th I think uh, I I don't think the matchup is as bad as people might assume uh, for the Elves deck. 
Uh, I think we might see Kalitas going back though into the. I think, I think yeah. the metagame is now in a position where there's less monitoring and there's most like they're more like Gruel mid range, you know, like um, you know even Angels decks or the such where Kalitas is actually good. Mm-hmm. I think that because against everything else but Devotion, Mister Shadow is like weak. But against these decks, Kalitas against elves, having Kalitas or having Shadow just changes the matchup dramatically. Yeah, for sure. I think we we are, we might see Kalitas making a comeback in. I'm not a big fan, but I think it might make a comeback in Pioneer. Yeah, I mean, if people are able to exploit to switch over to Shieldred, um and move away from Kalitas with stuff like this, then for sure, maybe we have to <laughs> re-up them. So, a deck that I want to mention as well is the one that top hated by Davos, uh, Davis Violet. Mm-hmm. And I like it. It's Gruul and it's playing Werewolf Pack Leader. That's, I remember, a very strong card in Standard that I mm-hmm. uh, haven't really played it much in Pioneer, but I think it fits this deck quite nicely. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't recall who was pushing this on Twitter, but uh, there was there was, there were some people who made that call that Werewolf Pack Leader was going to, uh, well, lead the pack in terms of, uh, of the Gruul Vehicles decks in these RCs. And I think if you look at all the Gruul Vehicles decks that did well, they they all do have this pack leader card um and there's not that much to say about it it's just a very efficient creature that does the job well in this kind of uh aggressive mid-range deck i don't think there's i like yeah anything special to it i like very much was willy edel second willy edel maybe okay. i think it was willy edel was edel? actually was it? brought the i think nice. edel was the one playing the pack leaders ah, before okay. yeah well yeah pack leader indeed i I also really like the mana base because I remember when I was practicing this deck for the PTA, the mana base had like three mountains or things like that, which was pretty terrible. Now you have mana confluence. You finally lower the amount of mutable because I thought four was too many. You're playing two, in fact, now, of course, because of the pack leader mana base changes. But yeah, I think I like the, maybe, uh, the changes. Maybe there. that's one of the secret benefits of pack leader. It forces you to fix your mana base. Yeah, cut know? the mountains. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Although. And, uh, 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 Den of the Bugbear and Mutable and Werewolf Pack Leader in the same deck. I don't know if they've gone far enough, but I'm I'm going to assume that they've done due diligence in that regard. So yeah, Den yeah. Den of the Bugbear Pack Leader. Remember, it was a non-point standard back in the days because mm. <laughs> you're forced to either play Pack Leader on turn three or play Den of the Bugbear top. Maybe maybe it's fine though. Yeah, maybe that's a bad non-point. Maybe, maybe that means uh, there should be no Den here. No, yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. I just, I just look at the mana base and was like, oh, finally somebody cut mutable. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see the Den of the Bugbear Pack Leader combo. <laughs> uh, also, I saw that uh, uh, Anthony, as a, as a fan of Mister, um, not Mister uh, Sandwich, Happy Sandwich, he top sixteen both uh, Canadian Championship. Oh, awesome, awesome. He's, he, yeah. I think he's such a, he's a great player, and, and I always follow yeah. his hammer lists carefully. And yeah, he, wow, it's good to yeah, see he's he doing having uh, success. He played Gruel. Yeah, played ah. Gruul in this one. Well, but, I guess yeah, didn't top eight. I, I guess Hammer was out of the question. <laughs> Gruul is the Hammer of the Pioneer. It will is say. it? I, mean, I don't know about that. No, no, I mean, probably, if probably he decided is. that, if he decided that, you have, <laughs> you have Ember cleaving the sideboard. That's basically Hammer. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> it's the best Ember cleave deck. So here we are. Yeah, but it's the only equipment you're allowed to play. <laughs> I think. Um, in the in the topic of the challenges on, on Magic Online, you have a million Rakdos decks. Of course, I believe yeah, something like six in the Saturday one, four no three yeah, just a lot, a lot, a lot. I a lot. I, I do it's think a, it's, it's a, a deck. similar phenomenon to Blue Red Murktide in Modern, where it becomes for sure overrepresented because it represents all of. But like if you want to play an interactive deck, and some players are always going to want to do that, uh, mm-hmm. f- you know, for competitive or non-competitive reasons. 
they just have to pick that one because that's the best one by far. I think it's the same thing. So like Merktide and Black Red are always going to be overrepresented relative to how good they are. I'm not saying they're not good. They are good. But I mean, obviously, I don't think they're like so good that they have these numbers, you know, which are of a format dominating deck. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's more about condensation than uh, actual dominance. And very interesting, the, the, the eighth deck in the Sunday Challenge is very similar to what, something I was working on, which was a still Gruul deck with Todd here because you have so much colorless mana. There was playing Todd here oh. in the main with Ember Cleave and no uh, Sky Sovereign. Still, like, so many versions of Gruul that I think, yeah, I think it's a, think it's a deck that... Uh, Gruul Eldrazi. Wow. <laughs> Eldrazi, yeah. Todd series. You have Coppers on Forest, Mutavolt, uh, Aship Oasis, and Ramen Up Ruins. Wow, it's like an old modern deck, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, what do we think? Are we ready to move on to standard or something more to say about Pioneer? We can move, right? I mean, we have this other tournament that was won by Mono Blue Spirits, which uh, is another archetype there. Where? Yeah. Uh, the, the Pioneer NRG like, event. Yeah. The, the 5k trial, I believe. Yeah. Um, it was just... I believe... Yes, but I believe they also added... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah. Top it's like another deck. Was... Pioneer is shaping, like, you know, like, there's a lot of decks. It's like modern, where there's Murtite and a lot of decks, and Pioneer is like, you know, has Lagdos, but then a lot of decks are, like, tier two, and, you know, any deck... It feels like any deck, if it stops being respected, can win a tournament. I think that's a good position yeah. to be Yeah, very old modern vibes. I think that, that's yeah, kind of cool. So. Wow, zero, zero Rakdos in that... Uh, yeah, see what I um, mean? Energy, energy event of eight. And then again, like variants, you know, like yeah. deck variants, whatever. That's for sure. Yeah, that was 173 a people, so still, still, still respectable. Event. I mean, also the things are going to be connected, like mono blue winning, and then a severe absence of black red. Uh, you know, obviously those things don't happen independently, but uh, yeah, it's, it's good to see different, like completely different metagames come out of uh, these events. So for sure, for sure. All right, let's move to standard. The no, yes. It's not the format of the people, I guess. But it's the format <laughs> of the arena people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Would it be historic, maybe? <laughs> I think that would be alchemy. No, it was standard, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alchemy. Al alchemy, is there people in alchemy? Yes, it's the format <laughs> I mean, of the people. At least me and Anthony. You know? Oh, you and Anthony. Okay, 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 okay. okay. You can meet there that's, in the ladder. two people. That's two people. The best yeah, thing is that's, I, that's I haven't even played alchemy since they nerfed Townraiser Tyrant, but I still insist on saying the name as much as possible to upset Mengu, so... You know, you're, you're, you're doing well, you're yeah. good, fighting the good fight. I mean, it doesn't remember... matter why we like alchemy, it just matters that we do, right? It doesn't matter if we only yeah. like pretending to like it out of spite. So, anyway, standard. Remember <laughs> spending, spending weeks testing Tom Razor Tyrant and then they nerfed it like one week before the Peter or something. That was peak <laughs> arena uh, testing, I think. Peak alchemy like, also, yeah. Like <laughs> things I regret the most having done in my life, testing alchemy for that PT. Get town sure. raised. Uh, so yeah, standard. Dragon. Where there's no time raise the time. Standard. Woohoo! Okay, right. so Javier yeah. didn't top eight the Mox showcase, but uh, how did the topic go? Well, the tournament was won by Damien from Argentina with mono white, um, mono white mid range. Definitely very, you know, headed towards beating uh, Grixis. We talk a little bit about how these white decks were gonna be good mm -hmm. against Grixis. But how the Grixis decks will be able to counter these white decks by adding a lot of uh, these info strokes and the such. Uh -huh. um, that was my experience. I actually played against two white decks, and I think I disinful stroke the warden twice. And you can tell the game was pro like often like you know 
very impacted by, by that sequence. But what Damien did was actually play like less of the heavy cards. He played only two Wardens and two Paragons. Like he doesn't play a lot of big cards, but plays four lower end of the third pad. So the mana cure he's playing is actually kind kind of low, which makes sense because yeah. it makes mono white a, a harder deck to attack. For and sure. also having cheaper cards make the lay down arms better because you can sometimes use them as a tempo uh, that was, tempo play. That was yeah, something that struck me as well. Like the bank busters in this deck are so sick because of lay down arms. Like normally, like in most in most games, if your opponent goes turn two bank buster, turn three activate bank buster, you already feel good as soon as they start reaching for their bank buster. But now they have like an actual good one mana removal spell. Maybe it's not, you know? It could go wrong for you very quickly. Exactly. Yeah, go exactly. on. Yeah. And yeah, there was also like a lot of six, uh, six Grixis in the top eight and also Aryan in the, with Esper, but it was a bunch of Grixis. Mm-hmm. And at the end, the, I, I guess it just paid off to, um, for the main red with the Mono White because I think this deck, the way it is built, it is um, ahead against the, the Grixis. We saw some, some yeah. adaptations and like we saw some like Ron's Vortex or whatever from the Grixis side. But not enough to stop the the white decks going forward. Though, like you know, James C played two strokes. I also played two strokes. I think like strokes were played and also cards like that. But I think it was not enough to stop the yeah, especially when the white decks. As you say, they just re-upped, right? Like you added disdainful strokes, and then they just added more cheap cards to the deck, which is obviously the best way to to punish or make Ex- exactly. Difficult. But yeah. the, the key point is he didn't wait. Like he yeah for this week he played the cheap cards. Uh, before we actually played the strokes in tournaments, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's a kind of a metagame, you know, decision that actually impacts a lot. For sure. Um, and I think there was a good, you know, also Lauren on the third pad. I assume quite good against the mirror matches if they play like uh, the. It's kind of good everywhere, type, right? You know? Except Esper. Like, maybe, yeah, maybe it's we, mediocre yeah. against Esper, but against Grixis, it must be good. And in the mirror, it must be great. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They definitely like love this card. So you know, also uh, wondering mind back to menu again. So many decks I ever walking and other players played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, also massive, uh, presumably because for the mirror match, you know, it's kind of good. I don't like it much, but I, it was good against me when they played it. So yeah, <laughs> I know, think maybe that's um, a card we should play more. It's like good if you think the mirrors are have have lots of like invoke despair fights. I think, um, but as a card, otherwise, I felt it was a little underpowered. But uh, yeah, I guess if it's, you're gonna play a lot of invoke despair mirrors, I guess it's it's good. Um, yeah, one aspect is like it's a f- the better card you have to sacrifice to the invoke, like the better creature. So it's not only good because it fetches invoke, but it, uh, it's also good because it dies to the invoke, right? And you don't, um, you know, you don't you don't want to sacrifice any other creature. It's very bad against Esper, like it's particularly bad against Esper. But Esper was not like quite represented. Like there was like all in the top eight and I'm yeah, sure well, with the amount of Grixis that's here now. Like a lot of people yeah, are like, disaware yeah, from like, Esper. It's all Grixis, mm-hmm. and yeah, there was a very interesting deck that also ended eleven. They lost to me because I got super lucky against them. Otherwise, I will have lost mm-hmm. with Bitter Union, the Prediction Portal, and the the White Reanimate, the Invoke, the White Invoke. Oh, uh-huh. and Invoke Justice. Honestly, that the deck was great. Like I played against it, and I, yeah, it was a situation where they were like an eight, and I had to do the the Haste Serpent, and I cut down for Sactitis. Otherwise, oh, I, I remember that. Much. That was incredible. Uh, I just, <laughs> yeah, like, like, like I sent the screenshot after. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it, it, I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like, that's how I beat this opponent, but this deck was uh, 
they, they went three two, and if I don't get the like box turn, they will win like four one. You know, like this deck was very interesting. I was impressed playing against that, was, that deck. Um, but like, well, this deck looks good against Grixis and good overall. We also had investigated another portal to Frexia deck uh, leading up to this event, right? I think it was a this from Japan, the one with chaotic transformation. Um, so do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, that, that one was kind of like cool, but this one that is one the same idea. Good, yeah. But in my opinion, yeah, like like this is I see, I, now I'm seeing the deck list, and it feels like this deck is well built. Yeah, like so definitely something you know. This, this actually makes a lot of sense to me, right? Like, like we've been looking for ways to try to go over the top of these giant mid range slogs, and it's been kind of hard because cards like make disappear and Esper in particular really punish people trying to go over the top like this. But Grixis is not good at doing that, and neither are these mono white decks. So like playing like weird stuff, like um this uh this portal to Phyrexia stuff, or the mono green like ramp decks with power stones and cityscape leveler, I think it's a similar concept, right? Like with the absence of Esper, which is good at punishing those go big decks and being replaced by Grixis, we're starting to see some metagame churn, I think. Um, long overdue, by the way. Uh, so. Yeah, I think I think that's the I think that's the fundamental thing. Like Grixis having pushed out Esper for now has kind of opened the floodgates to all of these various decks trying to attack Grixis. Um It's actually hard though well. to attack Grixis because of his stroke and counter spells. Right. And for Portal to Phyrexia, it looks like, you know, this Ugin type of card, but it's not because the Grixis decks play two, two to four a braid main deck. Mm-hmm. So even if you play the portal, sometimes you, you don't always win. Yeah. They abrade and they tap and keep playing. Like sure, you make your combo and they, you kill the fable and, and abrade. Yeah, I think but like it, it's it's you know it's just it's good, but it's not like a game breaker. It's, it like if it was not for abrade, you play this card and you win. Yeah, it's a nine mana card that wins the game, but it happens to be shattered main deck everywhere. So it's kind of unfortunate for this deck that portal is not very good. If uh, yeah, portal I mean, was I'm, an enchantment or something like that, you know, it would be like. A I'm guessing the good thing. part is that like it still plays like. You know, the rest of the deck is like, you know, it's sort of like the, the white mid-range decks. And they have the Steel Seraph Sanctuary Warden Fable interaction sort of thing going on. So they have this Invoke Justice on on top, obviously. They're not quite, they're not able to go under Stroke or whatever as easily. But, you know, they're not, it's not like their deck only plays a portal and doesn't have any other plan. So, um, you know, maybe there's something to that. Uh yeah, it's good. Well, I think that's it for standard. Like, yeah, pretty I much. Think, you know, that was, that was a big surprise of the week. Um, but overall, I yeah. expect the mind to stay the same. Like, Greeks is the deck to beat, and we will slowly see things moving. And that's it. Yeah, well, um, I guess that was, uh, you know, it made, it made me think about that question we had from last week. How many shelters should we play? Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe you're not even supposed to be playing black cards. So, we are now even less certain than we were last week. <laughs> okay, All right. uh, that's cool. That was a... Um... Nice uh, little sound to talk, guys. Thank you, thank you for for doing that. <laughs> it, it's my job to bring us back to uh, Legacy, oh. where uh, three important events actually happened uh, this weekend. So I'm gonna uh, go over them uh, one at a time. First, I want to address uh, what you said uh, in the last uh, episode, which was uh, that you were really, really, <laughs> really aggressive against the initiative cards. All right, Javier. Do you, do you stand am, by your opinion after after this weekend? I do. I mean, you okay. see the Bers- okay. you see you see these berserkers in the side, people's sideboards. There's just like a deck that's on, that's a card that's only good against a deck, you know. And and you see, like, I understand, I understand, yeah. I understand. But still, you know, it's not that it, the, if uh, three blue red died that finished 
first, second, third, play 20 in Berserker in the Cyber, we have to ban, uh, you know, a Wetlum Adventure card. This is my, this is my thing. I, I mean, it's also the deck that's kind of new, but of course, like I said, also this, like it's legacy. Like it, it will get a point where the cards are not good enough, but the fact that these kind of decks are also only going to get better, I, I don't think uh, it's very healthy for the format. My fear, my fear with banning what people want to be banned. So let, let me get this straight. Like the deck that I play right now, uh, he's eight cast. I think eight cast is great. So if you, if anyone want to ban uh, Weapon Adventure or uh, Merc the Regent, I'm happy, of course, because that da damages other people's decks and not mine, which is, you know, most people want ban cards that isn't in their deck. So that's okay. But as a, a content creator, I have to say that if you ban a card like Weapon Adventure and the Merc the Regent, which is the cards that people want to ban, then I think that the combo decks are are just too good. Like Doomsday, it's way too powerful, I think. And the same for uh, the other combo decks, which I think are kept in check by Charles of the Void and uh, and, and Blue Red Delver. So I think that right now, but modern, uh, sorry, Legacy, it's, it's a balanced format uh, with, you know, th the best decks. And the uh, West Initiative just went from nothing to the best deck, which is strange for a Legacy deck, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to ban them. This is my thing. So I think the deck can like it's a very young deck. It's like two weeks or whatever, three weeks, and it's only going to get better. Like we pretty fast gonna going to see like yeah, what are we seeing like ballistas, gutshots, dismembers. They're very easy cards to, for this deck to play that actually beat the hate cards. Like you put the berserker, that's a card that's only good against um this deck, and they already have the kind of play because they didn't have before, so you, they will lose to it easily. But now they do because the deck is evolving, and. I actually agree with you there with like I don't think these bans are will be good. I think I don't think if they ban Ancient Tomb, like I think it will be like too good for to combo. I agree. There. What I think it would be good though is just to remove the initiative. Like just I, th I think so uh, Andrew will have Morgan saying like, well, I mean, if the initiatives are just for multiplayer formats and not for legacy, why don't they rata the initiative to if you have if you have more than one opponent at the starting of the game, just do this. Right, because I think the issue are the initiative cards. Like Monorad Prison has been in for a while. It's a it was a, actually a good deck. It was better as as ever it was, right? And but it was never like this good. It was never like good enough to trump the whole legacy meta game. And this is gonna only going to get better from here. Like we're gonna see like I mean, it's already one of the best decks. It's one of the most performing decks in most tournaments, regardless. Uh oh. it's not better than Delver, but it's also because Delver can adapt to it. It's the same as Mortal, yeah, right? Like you know, yeah. White, White Initiative basically replaced Monorad Moon. Monorad Moon has been pushed out, and I much prefer playing against Initiative than Monorad Moon personally, from a gameplay point of view. Because yeah, I mean, the, the games White are more Initiative, interesting for sure. Yeah, yeah like, they're like, better games. Yeah, they create a uh, combo phase. Like you play, you know, Trune and Nemesis. I mean, it's not a very fun card, but um, a deck with Trune and Nemesis. A couple of decks which turned them as it did well. I think it's a, I don't know. I feel like it's cool. Like there is a meta game going on right now. Uh, Elves did incredibly well this weekend. I don't know if you saw it, but it finished first, third, fourth in the Eternal Weekend Legacy. Uh, it also two of them made the top eight of the showcase. Uh, Reed Duke finished ninth with Elves in the Eternal Weekend in paper in uh, in Philadelphia. Four hundred sixty-eight players. So, you know. I want to say that uh, jumping and talking about bands so early, I feel like 
I don't know. I thought it was just well. It's well, cool. I'm, I'm gonna say this: like the fact that Elves is doing well doesn't speak of how good Elves are. It doesn't speak of how good Initiative are. Like this, no, the yeah, Elves decks like, did well metagame. because they beat Initiatives. I just yeah, think it's, create... I think this deck is like the big, the strongest deck we've seen in Legacy that was not banned by right way. Like they banned the the breach right away, whatever. I think this this deck is like, for example, stronger than the Oko decks. You know, like, like I think this power level so fast that's just like. Something that the games are just not over as they had with Monored. Like I agree with you, like the gameplay is better than Monored, but I just feel this deck is like just so much better. Like uh, I'm pretty sure you have not seen me claim a ban will be right. No, I know, I know. In a format, know. not even in Hogg. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I was not a very, sure. a very big fan of Hogg bans. But For sure. I think so, this doesn't look good. Yeah, they have gathered the uh, win rates of the Eternal Weekend uh, North America uh, Legacy Championship, so the paper one. And uh, the white initiative decks were the played by 44 people. So that is the second most played deck. And it won 65% of its matches. As opposed to uh, Blue Red Delver, which was played by uh, 58 uh, people. Uh, so it was the most popular deck, which only got a 51% uh, um, win rate. You could say that... Uh, I guess actually the highest win percentage deck was uh, Sephite Breakfast, but only three players played it. Hey. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Sephite Breakfast went eight zero IDID and then lost in the uh, in the quarters. Uh, sorry, in the semifinals. Uh, in the sem in the top eight of the paper uh, tournament weekend, there were three initiative decks, but they all lost in the top eight. The final was four color versus uh, blue red. Was won by blue red. Sephite also doing say... well because it's good against initiative, by the way. Like that's another deck that's doing. Cephalid Breakfast is doing well because it's okay, good against yeah. Initiative, yeah. not because it's yeah. great by itself. It's another thing. Yeah. So I want to say that right now, despite playing against Mono White, might feel bad and things like that. You still had like like Legacy has always been a, a format where you can get paired against a deck and it's miserable to play against. Like like Reanimator, you know, Opso spells, Mono Red Moon. The fact that this is too good. Maybe it's annoying and makes the format not appealing. And you might say, like, I don't want to play Legacy because I don't want to play against uh, Mono White. But format, like, decks like that were always there. I always feel like Vintage Legacy have always been formats where it's incredibly fun to play the close matches, the fun matches. And it's incredibly unfun to play the opposite, like the loop-sided matchups. Yeah, I mean, that's but that's a battle of feelings. Like, I mean, just look, for example, the win rate you named, that's just like completely out of like anything reasonable. Like, that's just a, a deck completely destroying a tournament. Like, when we had these winners in PTs, we would be like, this deck is just too, way too good to ever exist. Right? L yeah. Like, that's, uh, you know, no, no, like, I don't, I, my complaint is not that the game is turn one over, because as you said, that's always been the case. Like, 10 years ago, you would die to storm turn one. You know, like, that's always, that's always been the case with Legacy. That's fine. My issue is, I think this deck is the best deck by a lot, and it happens to be one of these decks, so it's like even less fun. Like, I, I never minded Storming Tier 1, even though it killed you in Tier 1, but I would have minded if I felt like Storm was the best deck by a whole tier. Like, I don't think we have, I don't think Delver is Tier 1 anymore, because I think the only Tier 1 in Legacy is White Initiative. And tournaments keep happening, and it, it you know, it keeps happening. Winnets are there, and the deck is only going to get better. Of course, the other decks will also adapt, but you know, like every week we're going to see this deck being a little bit better. And yeah, I think the issue is the initiative cards, because again, as you said, it pushed out Mono Red Moon, which again, it's a deck some people might not find fun, but it's good at policing other decks in the format and punishing like mana base or whatever. And also having a good challenge deck, like it could be eight cast or 
uh, Moon is fine for the format, but this is like a whole different level. This is a deck that has like, you know, it loses to some decks, namely Elves and similar decks that have like a lot of one drops or whatever, but that's it. Like anything else is like break even or bad against, against this deck. It's just like so powerful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm gonna be waiting though. Like le it's legacy, so you know that Wizards doesn't act uh, that quickly. So we're gonna be uh, you know spending week seeing how uh, Mono White does. I believe that Mono White is similar to uh, Mono Green in Pioneer. I don't know if you can see the the comparison there. As in uh, Mono Green, it's you know it's very good when the week it was very good and everybody wanted to be banned. It's pretty bad to play against and etc. But at the end of the day, I think. It's legacy, so it's gonna find its way to you know warp around the deck. I think. I, I actually like the comparison. I think it's a very good comparison. But Monorain never had like a sixty-five hundred percent win rate in a big tournament after it was targeted, though. Like I think the comparison is is very accurate. But, but I think I the power think, level is not. But I don't think it was targeted. Like this is a paper event with five hundred people. Like if you think about the 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 invitation that we played, the seventy-five people tournament. Uh, there were 11 players playing mono white, only one made top eight. No, sorry, two of them made top eight. Okay, you're gonna see okay, how, I... how targeted it was. Look at the top of the top deck list. For example, do you see Delvers? The amount of Pyroblast main deck between these two other decks is zero. One plays mm. Fury. You know, they play Holy Heat, they don't play Pyroblast. They all they all play Unchamber Sacred in the sideboard, like or similar cards. Like yeah. it, it, it or Nemesis, like it's very warped. Like Pyroblast has been a stock card main deck in Legacy for forever, for as much as I can yeah. remember. And this deck is so yeah. good that it pushed Pyroblast out. You, you cannot out. say it's not target. It's actually like no. it, I, I don't remember warping this hard like for yeah, Legacy. I mean the top eight, in fact, in the top eight they lost against the more uh, targeted deck. So what I'm saying is it's it's kind of you know, hard to always look at these at these results this early. That, that that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, maybe people, yeah. No, anyway. I mean the results. I mean the conclusion might be too early, but I'm saying is these decks are already warped because yeah. they're different to the the Devler has been stuck for like a while already, and this this yeah. was, uh, this deck impact was so large that it affected how Delver stock looked. Now it doesn't look yeah, like maybe, Battle Blast. Maybe deck. people played like a stock Delver and it wasn't uh, good anymore. That's why it didn't do that well, Delver this tournament because you had to adapt, yeah, yeah. no that's why this this these people i'm pretty sure these people made top eight partially because they did not yeah. play pyroblast main deck but that then exactly. that's another thing like if you, I, I see this top eight and i see like wow initiative use this tournament because it's only initiative decks that are good against initiative or decks that are warped against initiative that's the whole top 16 pretty much so that, that's my yeah. read in the tournament at least but yeah that's me yeah <laughs> you know we'll see with time like hopefully you're right and the deck sucks but uh, at this point i feel like it's very rare. Like it, it's so gonna be a rare. Conflation. I think it's important to understand what do you want out of legacy because do you want a format that uh, changes once every six months, or do you want a format that uh, changes as fast as like Pioneer or or even Standard? And I think that's a lot of the disagreement because me, I'm a content creator, so I am happy to see changes like this, for example, that make things interesting for us to talk about, for me to make a video with and things like that. But instead, if you are like, you know, a legacy player who just spent thousands of euros into buying Mono Red Moon, then you might be upset that your deck, you know, isn't good anymore all of a sudden. So yeah, I think it's, it's also really the kind of player that. that don't play. Yeah, yeah, it's, I agree. I think I should briefly mention this, the other podcast, like, of course, if it was happening like on a standard, we'll be like, well, next set is going to have like another card and, you know, yeah. really good. But if you play Legacy for like 10 years playing Control and now suddenly your deck is unplayable, that's pretty much not happened 
before. Like, I mean, your deck will be bad, but being this bad, now you play controlling in a field of full mono-white, you're just going to lose. And I think that's that's why they are so like unpopular. I think you nailed it. Like, If you're just a legacy player that only plays legacy, you probably hate to see this happening. Unless you're the ones playing elves, then you will love it, of course. But overall, I think that's uh, it's part of the entity of the format, right? It doesn't change much. It's not supposed to change as fast as the other formats. So that's that's probably why I didn't like it, I guess. I mean, I don't mind changes. I'm a little bit like Mengu. But in this case, I'm uh, surprisingly, you know, being on the, yeah. you know, this should be stopped like position. Like, Mengu knows me more yeah. and, and he knows like I'm probably like usually not like this. But this time I just think the deck is is very good. I probably because I played it like a lot the week before the four seasons. Mm-hmm. But I felt like wow, this is if it was a PT, I will for sure play this deck. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, um there is not a I mean I guess kind of a PT uh, a lot of PTs happened this weekend of, I mean if you think about the important uh, tournaments because there were you know Eternal Weekend in Asia in Asia, in North America, online and in Europe we had four seasons, so there was like four over four hundred people each tournament. That's a lot of uh, of people playing Legacy. Yeah, Legacy is very alive, and um, that makes yeah, me happy. Very, very it's alive. A very cool and, format. Um, yeah, let's speak about another format that is very alive, shall we? The format yeah. of the people. Okay. Alchemy. <laughs> we we need a soundtrack for this. You know, like the format of the people, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, will be one saying is... the format of the people, but. You know, we should make this button where you click and it sounds Mango saying, the format of the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, in fact, Popper. <laughs> so, uh, Popper, a lot of boggles. Did you see how many boggles top hated these uh, modern challenges? <laughs> no. Javier? Modern or Popper? It's Popper, right? Oh, sorry, <laughs> I was speaking about Popper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no boggles in modern anymore. Well, no oh. boggles won the challenge. That's all I need to know. You know, yeah, one that she split the final on Saturday, and three of them were in the top eight on uh, on Sunday. It's still not but, that much compared to how many affinities were there, but still yeah, pretty much affinity. <laughs> yeah, team muggles. All right, uh, I want to talk about the second place on Saturday. That is uh, the classic Mogd, and he played four copies of Falaji Archaeologist. This is the new card. Two mana zero three. You mill three, and you may return a uh, spell. I guess a non-creature, non-land to your hand, and then the other two cards are just milled. And that's a 0-3. If you don't want to return anything, it's a 1-4. So this is better than uh, Ogre of Bolas, because you want to fill your graveyard for Tolerant Terror, Gurma Gangler, and uh, of course, the 4-deep analysis. Mm, we already talked a lot about this deck, I think, in the past episodes. I'm never a fan of this deck, and still not a fan right now. But, you know, it picked up a new card, and if you like this archetype, I guess you can add it. I mean, People. this card seems very yeah. perfect to this card uh, for this deck. Yeah. yeah, like I understand the deck might be a luck deck, but it, this seems like a strong change. Like if you ever yeah. play this card, you get one spell and melee analysis. That that's a lot of card advantage. I guess maybe you, it makes a little bit less of a luck deck. I guess you could say Mangu thinks that playing this deck is a terrible experience. Uh, why? Why did you say that? <laughs> Never mind, Mangu. The listeners will understand. It's okay. Okay, listeners, uh, tag me at at, at Mango zero nine to explain me the joke, please. Oh, I know, I, I got it now. Okay, yes. okay. Is it because of terror? I will keep is it, it because me. of terror? Oh, okay, so you did get it. 
yeah, because of terror. <laughs> All right, speaking about terrible decks, on Sunday... Wow, what a segue. The, de- <laughs> Go on. the, the deck that went undefeated, <laughs> so they went 6-0 into 3-0, was Blue-Green Fog. I love this one. <laughs> Playing actual factual Fog, too, one copy. Wow. Uh, so this deck is unplayable in paper, 100%. You cannot Why? play this deck in paper. Uh, the very good friend of mine actually went to Poppergaden with this, saying that they won a lot of Magic Online, and they concluded undefeated in the Poppergaden oh, no. with a grand total of five draws. <laughs> well, okay. Three. Classic. It, it, this deck is just... its like The way you win is with Stream of Thoughts, which is the mill spell, and that's it. So uh, you have to. <laughs> you know, you know the what best thing, right? Deck? If this deck always draws, what? then you just become more and more likely to play the mirror as you go. Up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> True. I was. I went uh, to watch him uh, in the in the round eight, and there were three turbo fog. One was playing the mirror, one was like against the uh, a Tron deck, which is another deck that easily timed. He's incredible. knew, huh? I think he didn't yeah. know that, but he knew the mirror match will happen. Yeah. Yeah. A beautiful thing. And, uh, I love yeah, how this deck Thursday. looks. I want to play this deck like a lot. Do you recommend this experience, Mango? Do you have you played I mean, this deck oh, in a stream or something? I I have never played this, but I've saw I've seen my opponent play my my, my friend play in a league, and it took him like four hours to finish the league, but it did very well. But Sounds like actually, value for money, <laughs> you know? Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah he actually won five zero in the one that I watched. Uh, I think it's a good deck for sure. The 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 experience might not be great for you and your opponent. <laughs> also, yeah, no, no, no one will have fun. But one will win. Okay, well, what is the storm? Just in case they're trying to burn you. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I know. Like, if this deck <laughs> can deny draws it. cards, <laughs> it never loses. It's impossible to, to cheese. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to try this deck. I mean, I, I'm not, I don't think I'm ever going to play it, but part of me just wants to fog people out, especially the boggles. Well, no, they play Falling yeah. Pain, right? They used to play Falling Pain. If they yeah, do, it's, yeah, no, Falling Pain is, is very, 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 very hard to deal with. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> Also flashback. So how how do you beat Flooring Pain for real? Though? Well, in the sideboard, two, two it, this deck has this deck has four Blue Elemental Blast and four Tolerian Terror. Okay. So wow, can, can switch. It's a true home for Tolerian Terror. To, it's yeah. Ah, that's what you say. Speaking of terrible, deck. I mean, you guys are the guys' sense of humor is just ahead of this time. Yeah, I mean, you're assuming Mango did just... it on purpose. No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. yeah see? Ah, you didn't? Yeah. Oh, too bad. Yeah. It's just natural. It's just natural. Uh, oh, nice save. <laughs> it's, it's like a talent, you know? You know the joke, <laughs> even if you, you know, before. It yeah, that's, that's, the best, that's the best joke. Yeah. Also, what I wanted to say is that if you play Paper on Magic Online, uh, sorry, if you play Popper on Magic Online, it's, it's actually worse for this deck because Magic Online Popper players never concede. They never concede. It's much different than other people because they're. It's, it's weird. Like so it's probably vintage cultural. legacy player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They never concede because they know that you're gonna time out, and they don't value their time as I has other people formats, I guess. And they never concede. That's aggro. I swear. <laughs> Might be aggro, but I've played with a couple of leagues uh, in Popper and just had this feeling that, uh, yeah, whenever I was playing like Blue White Cogates or Tron and just hundred percent win. David just would let me waste the time and even, oh, okay. even if the match was over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So extra, extra decent. Uh, the, this but is yeah, the second player also plays, oh, the second player also plays a deck that is uh, basically the same. Like you just 
play Two Moments Peace, you play Stone or Dignitary, <laughs> they're ephemerate. Like, Popper is not an experience for everybody, let's just say that. So you think this, mirror ma this like, match ended in a player timing out the other one? I think you can easily mill. No, I think Turbo Fog is, is, a, is ahead. If you don't put pressure on Turbo Fog, it, it's going to win, I think. Well, this Tron deck doesn't seem prepared to pressure. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, but yeah, I think this final is a pretty, pretty clean reason of why Popper. It's it's a fun format. It's great, but I I don't think you know. Yeah, these two decks in particular are really a reason. Like I remember, I don't know if you already mentioned that, but I I uh, non intentionally draw. I uh, you say like draw for time up four seasons because my opponent had infinite life and couldn't win the game, and that is not very acceptable. I think to happen yeah you mean from, right? you mean in from a, their perspective to have you know basically won the game but not really yeah like to yeah. build the fact that a deck can do that it's i don't think it speaks very well of the format right yeah that, that, that's fair i guess <laughs> well disclaimer for listeners it doesn't matter what mango says now he will always keep saying pauper is the format of the people even though I me and Javier have proved last week people. that it isn't it is a format of the people exactly all right. Yeah, it for sure is. It for sure is. I'm going to be playing. I think I'm going to be playing once again Familiar. Uh, last uh, two weeks ago when I played it in the league, I went 4-0 with uh, Familiars in a sea of mono red. Played against three of them. Very good matchup. So I'll play it again. There's one more one more format, though. Uh, maybe not that much of the people that should, we should be talking about a little bit, if that's fine for you guys. There was also the, the vintage uh, yeah. Eternal Weekend. Do you think we should touch that, Mango, or we think you think uh, Format of the People has more well, decks? Vintage is basically the Format of the People because it's always full proxy. Like nobody ever hosts a Vintage tournament without proxies. Wait, it actually happened in America, right? There were no proxies in America. I think so. It was an Eternal Weekend, so it must have been wow. no proxies. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, uh, well, it, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know they were think like no proxy vintage. Yeah. Yeah, for seasons it's full proxy, but I believe if you have to, if it's an eternal weekend, it must be all regular, right? It must be. I mean, yeah. I actually don't know. I, I mean, in my head, all the eternal tournaments ever happening in 2022 were proxies, but all the vintage tournaments, you mean? Yeah, yeah, the vintage. Yeah, at four seasons they're always proxy, but I think that uh, if you have like the promos and the huge card sent you by wizards, they can't allow proxy, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. Wow. Okay. Well, also we yeah. had this one. Also, we had the online one. Yes. So let's have a look at this a little bit. Yeah, so the uh, online one, I believe, was won by Echo Baronen with... Uh, oh, no, never mind. It was won by Juju Bean with Juju, Hollow One. Juju Bean yep. keeps winning every tournament, every format. Too free for the much. Bean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Too free yeah, for the Bean. 18-year-old player, uh, won Vintage Eternal uh, Weekend on Sunday, made top eight of Legacy Eternal Weekend on Sunday, basically made like 20K playing two tournaments in the weekend. Amazing. Formats that are way older than him. That's yeah, the, for sure. For sure, he is. <laughs> kind of rough. Eleven years after Magic. Think, think of all the, like the vintage plays. You know, it's like a true format for boomers, and then some eighteen-year-old Zuma just crushes them all. Oh, yeah, that's, I love the story. Good, good story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but overall, uh, the initiative cards are super popular in this format too. Three in the top eights of the Eternal Weekend online. Three in the top eights of the Eternal Weekend in paper. The initiative decks, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, you heard it here in the carne, it's very early. They're a little bit too good. I mean, not for vintage, though. Like, in vintage, they're just cards. You know, like, they're, they're... I don't think they are too good for vintage. I think they're... I think they're actually kind of cool in vintage, because 
they're like a whole like finally an aggro deck is like good enough so i think they're actually fresh for vintage they're they're also better like in terms of like they don't steal the initiative as much as they do in legacy but we'll see i don't know how good they will be after like even if they've they will ban it in Legacy, they will not ban them on Vintage. So it looks like white might become... I mean, no, white is already the second best color in Vintage after blue. Like before, you could say probably green or red, but I think white is now the second best color in Magic thanks to the initiative cards. <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. I'm going to have Miharu as Oath of Druids, always. Classic. like Oath of Druids, it's always this player like playing yeah, Oath of Druids. <laughs> like, they just yeah, I mean... win. Yeah, yeah, they just win with it. Sure. I, I I never end to under, fully understand their, their builds because they play like Nifmi said, which I don't like and such, but they, they just keep doing well with the deck, even in large fields. So, you know, it's consistency with the archetype. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, one also mentioned that... Uh, oh, I think we didn't mention it on the carnies, but uh, me and Avier played against uh, uh, Four Seasons in the team event. Uh, we didn't actually oh, play true, against true, him. Oh, true, true, actually true. But, we we played in team, so my team played against Javier's team, and Mangus team won easily. Yeah, did you guys outpowered us? Yeah, we had our. We tried. I tried to beat Mangus team. I, I didn't play against Mangus himself. Himself, play against Pifo, uh, yeah. on Legacy. I think I actually won, right? Yeah, you won. You won the match, and me and uh, Vintage won uh, ours. Yeah, your yeah, Mangus Vintage player just didn't lose a game like the whole day playing yeah, white. Mangus Vintage player <laughs> were dragged down by me and people, unfortunately. Yeah, and, um, exactly. Yeah, with uh, we were we were three zero. I believe at four zero we could ID ID, but then I, 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 I lost against Hammer with Merktide in a series of unfortunate events. It just draws. Just maybe I could have played in a safer way. And uh, and then yeah, we we just dragged him down. He was he was uh, four row eight in games, and and then and then things. It seems to me like every time go to four seasons, Mango, you have one game. One of those games where your opponent only wins if ten things happen in a row, and they happen. Yeah, I have this this impression. You know, like you play. I, mean, I had my my mindset was so like, wow, we're four row IDID, we're great, we're gonna win. Oh come it on! So, like it was impossible to lose. I was in that spot, and then there were a bunch of draws where like hammer, hammer into shadow spear uh, with a paladin in play, and I just lost there. Uh, right. You know that's uh, that's no mindset for a professional. <laughs> Come on, yeah, yeah I, I know, I know, I know. I mean, again, it was a side event. It wasn't professional. It was a team side event. So it was very chill thinking about the main event, which is the dinner at Molino Bruciato, which Javier <laughs> joined us with twice. I was twice. two nights. In Bologna, and I was sure I, I was yeah. I, I made sure to be twice there. Yeah, like yeah, I, that's I the actual main event. This is great. Like, the, I already booked the dinner for uh, the March four seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. Like the, that's um, you know I <laughs> yeah that's a main event. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, this is funny. Uh, Bob Wang is coming to uh, Italy for a vacation, and he also comes to Bologna. He messaged the uh, owner of Bologna Bucciato. I mean, I guess I messaged. And I asked him if he had a table for two. He said it's fully booked until late January. Wow. Yeah. That, well, that, that's, main event that's, indeed. So, yeah, yeah so main event I indeed, booked, exactly. I booked for March, I mean, I said, I, the yoke is like, you, you book the tournament and you book the flight and you book the restaurant on the same day because you don't want to miss in the restaurant, you know? <laughs> no, 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 for sure. You and you also don't want to be too late playing the top eight. You have to split. Yeah, hashtag sponsored, by the way. Hashtag, hashtag <laughs> sponsored. All right, is that enough, Carnies? Did we have a nice little podcast here? 
Yeah, I think, I think it was good. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Anthony? Uh, not that I can think of. Um, what do you What do you guys do this weekend? I'm gonna play two RCQs, but this time one of them will be modern. <laughs> so that's wild. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, what do you nice. play? Do you know? I don't actually know. I haven't thought that far ahead. Um, do you have all the cards? No, but I'll work out something. That's okay. I mean, it's it's not so important. Do finance qualify and stuff, but. Um, you know, it's play to play. Yeah, that's good. I'll find something. Just remember, Yamoth is a good deck. Say, by the way, Yagumot? Do you remember Yamoth is a good deck? Yeah, but I mean, I, if I if I just never play any, I mean, I think most decks are about metagame position, but Yagumot is a deck that I really wouldn't pick up, like not having played. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I, mean, I wanted to say it's a good deck. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah Rhinos, Rhinos, you can't pick up any point. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Javier. I only, I only accept deck ratings if they're published in tier lists where the top fifteen decks are all good. So if Yogmoth is is there, then then I'll buy it, you know. But I accept. Okay. Yeah. Yogmoth sixth ranked sixth place. Okay. Well then, that's that's not bad. I think. Yeah, it's not, not bad. bad. Yeah. yeah. Below breach <laughs> above. What did you say, Zoo? So. I think so. Number seven. I think it's Living End, but I think it's wrong. I mean, I'm gonna update it because okay. I put Rhino's eighth place after Living End. Unacceptable. Uh, that's Rhino's gonna climb. Rhino's gonna climb. <sighs> Rhino's don't climb. That's monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I just lost the. I just. I just lost the final of a trophy this morning playing rhinos. Oh, the, confirmed unplayable. The winner of four seasons with three force of vigor main deck. Oh, wow! Very strange. Uh, that's strange. Yeah, it's very strange. All right. What, what uh, about you? I will play here? the mox open. I will play pro- probably play the mox open or a good all winter challenge because I haven't played it like months. I will definitely play some magic online for sure. Uh, mox open is sealed. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. Nice, nice, nice. nice. Do, you have right. to, do you have play points uh, to join the event? I think I do. I open a bunch of chesties. Okay. Well, okay. Imagine opening I'm a bunch of chesties and play points. And you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be playing uh, a couple of, actually two team events. Uh, in Christmas, we always have these. Uh, it's a tradition for many tournaments to host team events during Christmas. Um, I have one on Saturday night, which is pretty wild. I don't think I've ever played on a Saturday night, but uh, I'm going to do that. You've yeah. never played on a Saturday night? So instead of night? going out, you play tournaments? Saturday night on la- on paper, I've never played a tournament like that. Wow. That starts at 8 p.m. Oh, starts Saturday, at... Yeah. Oh, what? Okay, that's... Wow, this sounds very strange, but... All right. <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, for sure. Okay. It's Rimini, and uh, I'm going to be playing... Um, it's a team event, and the formats are modern the format of the people pauper and you can never guess the third format it's a Alchemy. italian commander it's called centurion wow. is italian commander yeah. just french commander but you refuse to accept that something good could have come from france so you call it italian commander yeah yeah basically commander players are so they would never accept a ban list handled by other people so everybody everybody just make their own ban list oh uh, yeah that's this way it's called centurion <laughs> we could man yeah. the Carney Commander. You know, we could just yeah, set sure. on c- Commander rules and just play Carney yeah. Commander through this course. Yeah, first rule ban soaring because why is that legal? But anyway. Yeah, exactly. We we could just ban whatever. I mean we just I mean if a card gets two boats out of three, it's banned. Ooh, you know, exactly. we could make if the card commander. wins a match, it gets banned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah, I mean if a car you know, if Mango dislikes the card, it's banned also. Okay. You know, we could, so we first card we ban uh, so what what card are you so Mango wants to ban slowing? What card are you gonna ban, Javier? Soaring also, just in case. Okay, I vote yeah. for no, Fervent Champion. No. Yeah, that's the one no. I'm banning. 
No. Tell us okay, the point, so... please. <laughs> bye bye. And then on on Sunday, I'm going to play another team event that is modern, legacy, and the format of the people popper. That sounds good. So yeah, those I'm going to be playing modern both seat because yeah, nobody really plays modern. We wish you good luck, Mango. I have to decide uh, some fun decks. So I'm going to probably play Bitter Reunion in one of them for sure. All right. Um, Is that enough? I think we that was yeah. I think that was enough for today. Uh, by the way, the, uh, as always, uh, all the feedback is welcome. If it's negative feedback, just point it out at like uh, Mengu uh, at Mengu09 in Twitter. Otherwise, you can send it uh, Javier Dimagic in Twitter or MTG Bandcard also on Twitter. And yep, that's it. I think right. Yeah, uh, it is. I think we directed other things to Mengu. What, what was it? I think if if, if you want to explain a pun. That Mango didn't yeah, understand. Yeah, that. I mean, all, that. all the things can go to Mango. All of them. Yeah. All right. Okay. Bye Thanks bye. for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>